The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Rashawn Evans and you're listening to the No Nonsense Podcast. Welcome in to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that's 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We would love for you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook, where we are at No Nonsense Pod. We'd also love for you to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're using to listen. And especially if you're listening on iTunes, we would love for you to leave us a rating and review. We've got a great show for you today, our very first episode of No Nonsense. And on today's episode, we're going to react to the two biggest pieces of Titans news from late last week, the Kevin Byard contract extension and the Taylor Lewan announcement regarding the potential four-game suspension. After that, we're going to be ranking Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota versus all of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. And then we're going to close out with the first ever installment of what's going to be our signature segment, and that is called uh, Stop the Nonsense. So we will get to that when it is when it, at the end of the episode. Uh, but first off, since this is our first episode, I thought it would be good for the three of us to introduce ourselves. So, Matias, if you'd like to take over. Sure. Uh, these are exciting times, by the way. I kind of got chills uh, during that intro. <laughs> Just it's it's real nice to start up a new a new project and uh, be able to do some things that maybe we weren't able to in the past or, or we didn't get to touch on. So that's exciting. Uh, so a little bit about me. I used to be a co-editor for Titan Size for about three years, I believe, and I was a staff writer for them for I don't even remember. It must have been like seven, maybe eight, eight years. So I was there for a really long time. It was awesome. I I loved the platform that they gave me. Uh, but then uh, we, we parted ways in, in February of this year. So now I'm kind of just pretty much just talking about the Titans and really only doing this podcast in terms of what I do for the Titans. We'll see if I get back into writing about them. Uh, honestly, I, I, I got a little bit tired of, of writing about these uh, these small bits of information that would come out about the team and, and stuff like that. It just, it just got a little bit monotonous for me. So uh, this has kind of been a nice breath of fresh air to kind of take a step back and observe what happens 
with the team from kind of a fan perspective. And it'll it'll be nice to go through a season where I'm not worrying about about deadlines and, and getting a recap in on time and just kind of enjoying the times and talking about them on this podcast. Yeah, and I'm Will Lomas. I'm still a Titan-sized editor uh, and a writer. Whereas Matias gets all that new freedom and stuff, I'm I'm getting ready for the grind. <laughs> we've got we've got deadlines coming up and a whole bunch of content to push out. So, you know, I, I'm glad Matias gets to breathe the breath of fresh air. That that's got to be nice. But I mean, I, I definitely enjoy what I do. Um, I've written about the Titans for ten years now, something like that. So, uh, I mean, it. It's it's great. That's that's what I've done. That's what I do. And, you know, this this is our podcast. So it, it'll be fun to kind of see, you know, you talked about how exciting it is. It is exciting. Like, I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see, like, how different this is and how we can take the stuff that worked so well with the Titan size podcast and make it even better here. So, yeah, I mean that I'm ready to go. Yeah, and uh, I'm Luke Worsham. I am a Titans reporter for A to Z Sports Nashville here in town. And uh, there's been a lot of talk from, from both of you about, you know, this being a new project and having some more freedom. For two years, the three of us hosted the Titan-sized podcast for Fansided. And the three of us made the decision to depart from Fansided and start this, which is our own project and our own entity, for a few reasons. One is, I, I think, as you guys hinted at, we wanted some more freedom. We wanted to be able to run our own social media but two, it felt like when we were with fan-sided and, and titan-sized, though, though we're, we're very appreciative of them for the, the, what, the platform they gave us, it felt like we were branding them instead of ourselves. And over our two years together, I feel like we have created kind of a style of, of talking and a style of analysis that is right to the point of our the name of our show no nonsense we we're not we don't give hot takes we don't talk about you know social issues we don't try to make everything political we we just like to talk football and and, and purely football and so that's what we're going to be all about on this show yeah and i kind of just want to say it's not like we're against titan sized it and, and it's yeah, not like absolutely. They, restri- they didn't restrict us in any way in terms of the content that we put out uh, but I feel like just with this new venture, uh, having our own kind of brand and uh, that that's kind of going away from from the brand that a big network gave us, I, I think that just gives us a little more. I, I I don't know if freedom is the right word, but but it gives us something new. Or maybe choices. Maybe that's a better term. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just you know, as as the one kind of still with Titan size, I can, I can speak to this a little bit. There's just some things when you work for a bigger company, you can't do like you can't do, um, for example, I'll just say we couldn't do giveaways. Like Mm -hmm. we couldn't do any kind of sweepstakes competition, stuff like that, just because it's, you know, there's so many regulations that have to get approved and so many different channels you have to go through that it's either not worth it to give away, you know, like a poster that we think is really cool or this, that, and the other. It, it just kind of limits what we can do. And it's not like we were ever being told what to say or told what we could and couldn't cover, but it's just nice to not have oversight, I guess, if that, if that makes sense. If we want to talk about something for a full 60 minutes, we can, because it's our own project, yeah. you know, and we don't have to worry about, you know, the, the name on the back or the name on the front of our Jersey, so to speak, like what we can kind mm-hmm. of just say whatever we want and the buck stops with us. So, we don't have to worry, you know, if I really want to say something, I don't have to worry about what 
you know, the bosses of this podcast will say about it because mm-hmm. we are the bosses of this podcast. So, you know, if you have a problem, it just comes right back to us. So, it you know, it's it's not necessarily a restriction or any, or any sort of freedom that we were seeking, but it's just nice to be able to say things and know that if I want to say them, I'm okay putting my name on this and, you know, if somebody and not, else not someone that, else's name. Yeah, like I don't, I don't have to put no nobody's liable for the words I say here. Yeah, which is which is freeing. So that that's a big part of it. And then like like I said, the the smaller things like if we want to do stuff for y'all, like if we if we want to give stuff away, we don't have to worry about well, this doesn't you know for tax reasons or for liability reasons, we can't do this that the other. So you know that's it's it makes it more fun for us and it makes it a little bit more free and a little less structured. So mm-hmm. it, it's nothing against Titan sized or fan sided at all. We're, we're happy for that opportunity. And I, I obviously still am because I still work for Titan sized and I love my job, but you know, they gave us an opportunity to get together and kind of create the voices that we have now. And, uh, you know, we'd like to use those voices as much as we can. And so, you know, they, and they were completely okay with this. I should say that, you know, they were great about letting us do this and, and move on. So it's, it's, it's fun. And, you know, it's something that doesn't have to be formulaic or anything like that. So, you know, I'm excited to see what we do with it. So as I mentioned at the top, we're going to get into the tail of the wand situation. We're going to get into ranking quarterback Marcus Mariota versus the other other guys in the NFL. But first what what we should I think we should hit on is uh the Kevin Byard contract extension. The Titans gave him a 5-year contract extension worth up to 70 million dollars. 31 million of that is guaranteed and he'll make an annual average of 14 million dollars a year or thereabouts of 14 million dollars a year. I don't want to spend too terribly long on this or for two reasons. One, this was the obvious decision for the Titans to make. I don't know how you could fault them for making this. And number two, as much as I would love for us to make this the Kevin Byard Appreciation Podcast, that's not what it's going to be, but I don't know that I'm capable of saying anything negative about Kevin Byard. No. Uh, they could have given Byard $100 million over five years, and I would have been like, okay, that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, he is... Is he? He's probably the best safety in the league right now. Maybe there are only a couple of other players that can really uh, stake a claim to that throne. I mean, over the past two years, I'm I'm pretty sure he's. Uh, I ran a couple of calculations. I'm pretty sure he's the player with the most interceptions. The only two that are closer, Darius Slay and Xavier Howard, they have 11. Byard has 12, and and those guys are cornerbacks. Safeties don't really get as many interceptions nowadays as they used to. It usually goes to the cornerbacks. But, um, yeah, he's just an unbelievable player, both when he's out there as a center fielder, uh, being a ball hawk, and even like we saw in his rookie season when he was used primarily as an in-the-box safety. He has such a good nose for, for cutting through blocks and, and making tackles in the backfield. He's, he's an incredible player, and I'm glad they got, him, they got him signed to an extension this early because it seems like the safety market is really, really growing after it was stagnant for a couple of seasons. Yeah, you know, we talked about hot takes and whatever. Kevin Byard is the best safety in the NFL. I'm not sure if he played linebacker, if he wouldn't be the best linebacker in the NFL. I mean, he does everything at such a high level. Everybody wants to talk about his tackles for loss, his you know solo tackles, obviously his interceptions, which are all great. But if you watch the film, I mean, he's not afraid to take on blockers. Like, he'll take on a pulling guard. He'll take on a screening wide receiver so that somebody else can make a tackle. I mean – 
everything he does, it is it's at such a high level that it you know, and like I said, we won't talk about this too long, but to think about his career arc as somebody who didn't get invited to the combine despite doing everything he possibly could at MTSU having a freak pro day and still being drafted in the third round, luckily by the Titans who obviously, you know, got an up close look at him, you know, middle Tennessee is in Tennessee. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about that. And then him not really playing the same position that he plays now, his rookie year in the NFL. So all this interception production is almost completely, by his own design. And I'll say a couple I'll say a couple more things about Bayard. One, which which both of you hit on, he, he's just so versatile in what he does. And a, a, a lot of times the safety position, perhaps more than any position on the defensive side of the ball, tends toward being one trick ponies. You're either someone who can knock the crap out of someone or you're someone that covers backs and tight ends. Kevin Bayard is a little bit of both. I don't know that he's necessarily the hardest hitter. But he's going to be a physical presence in the run game. He's not afraid to get rough and tough near the line of scrimmage. And he can cover backs and tight ends one-on-one. And he can play center field. And to boot, he's one of the biggest leaders and and most positive voices in the Titans locker room. And second of all, Byron is just like a really nice, genuine guy. Like He cares about other people. Does a ton of work in the Nashville community. Held several events for a... For, for youth during and around the draft, I went up to the stadium on a, the, the Saturday of the draft and just sat back and watched as he did an, uh, like an autograph signing. And he was shaking hands and taking pictures and just had the biggest smile on his face the whole time. And he, he I think, a couple times recorded stuff with me for our old podcast. He's always been great with me whenever I've needed him to for writing a story. He's just a super nice guy. And in a league where... All you hear about is Tyreek Hill this and Ezekiel Elliott this and Ray Rice this. It's just nice and refreshing to see someone of this level of character get rewarded. Yeah, he's kind of like the the perfect John Robinson guy that we've talked about for ever since Robinson got here and he started drafting kind of like squeaky clean prospects. Uh, just a really nice guy, has the perfect demeanor. He has that chip on his shoulder that that so many so many scouts always love, uh, and, and yeah, to 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 touch on your first point, I, I do love how versatile he is, especially when you bring in Vaccaro into the mix once again. They were such a good tandem last season, and a lot of that is because they were very interchangeable. They both can they can cover the slot, they can cover tight ends and running backs. Uh, they can cover it out there in center field, but they can also come up and just just knock you on your on your butt. So they really are a, a perfect tandem. S- S- Jonathan Cyprian, before he got injured, he I, I mean even it's still this it's who he is. He's really just an in the box guy who's who's a run stopper. But Vaccaro is, is more than that, and I think it allows Bayard to to be even more than maybe he could have been with with another safety like Cyprian. Yeah, I, I mean. It's just it's just hard to talk about somebody who can do everything and give them enough superlatives and it not just sound like hyperbole. It, it, he's got more interceptions than the best ball hawking safeties and you know the the most opportunistic corners in the NFL. Of those safeties that are kind of close, not not the corners, but of the safeties that are close, he is a significantly better run defender. He'll do 
everything I ask of him. And one of the things he said today when asked, there, there's two things that stood out, out to me uh, from his quotes when, you know, he was uh, at the press conference was first he said, uh, when asked about how he could, you know, take another step forward, his immediate response was, you know, a John Robinson classic, which, you know, is his his next step forward is him lifting the trophy, meaning like he like his big goal now isn't I want to get ten interceptions or I, I want to have you know a hundred tackles or, wh- or whatever. It's I want to win a Super Bowl because that's what my teammates deserve, which is you know a coach's and general manager's dream after an extension is you know it's the, the opposite of the Jalen Ramsey Brinks truck thing where it's everything is attention to everybody else, you know, good. The, the second thing he said was he was talking about what he could improve individually after people finally got to talk to him about it or finally got him to talk about it. And the third thing he said is I can get better on special teams. I can do, you know, I can get down and cover kicks better, which completely I completely forgot that we have an all pro safety that covers kicks and, and does things like that. And, you know, is the personal protector who throws touchdowns on fake, you know, punts. Like it, it's it's crazy to have somebody who started as a third round pick but worked like an undrafted free agent and despite the accolades he has gotten which are you know not frequent enough he's you know continued to do the dirty work despite you know transcendent years and you know historic accomplishments he got five interceptions and two combined like in in back-to-back games and that was a record. I think he got three interceptions. I know he got three interceptions in one game, and I think that tied the highest of all time. But even through all that, he wasn't taking plays off on special teams. He was still covering kicks and protecting punters. So, I mean, it, it's hard not to love him on tape and like him even more as a person every time he gives an interview. I'll also say this, and then I'll stop heaping praise on him, but it, the most significant game of Kevin Byard's career to me isn't the three interception game he had against Cleveland which did ultimately win the Titans that game because it was a 12 to 9 overtime victory uh despite them having no wins that year but his biggest game was against Dallas where the Titans were down I believe 10 to 0 either yeah it was 10 to 0 10 or 14 to 0 it was a two-score game and Dallas was on the goal line, decided mm-hmm. to throw a pass, and Dak overthrew it and threw it, and Kevin Byard intercepted it like he always does, went down in the end zone, Titans get the ball back, and he runs to the star and you know starts dancing on the star, which is is totally disrespectful in that, like, I don't if care. you're... No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, let me, I, I, it's totally disrespectful in that if you're a player on that team, you've got to go out and knock somebody off that just because that's, that's what you do in football. Like that's, that's the whole mythos behind it is you defend your home turf and all that. I I remember when the Ravens did it to the Titans last year and I was furious in the stands for Titans fans who had to watch that happen. So I can only imagine what Dallas fans felt like, but um, just on that game is that, that moment was like the, the, the switch that flipped where you know, he went and danced on the star. Everybody got excited. The whole sideline it suddenly perked up. And from that point on, I think it was a 28-7 to 7 run, and the Titans blew him away, and it wasn't close. So, you know, it's not just that he's getting turnovers in volume or that he can do everything. It's that he understands when it's time to hype up his team and freak out and do something extra, and he understands when it's time to intercept a ball, slide down, and get off the field. Like, it's 
He's not a diva. He understands his job. He does it, but he also understands what it takes to be a leader and a special player on, on a defense like this full of good players. And, and, and he's he's the heartbeat of the defense. I'm glad the Titans have him for as long as they do. So next I want to hit on this Taylor Lewan situation. And as you all, I'm sure, know, uh, he's been or will be suspended by the NFL for four games due to a trace of a performance enhancement or a performance enhancing substance being found in his latest drug testing sample that he provided. Uh, I don't want to spend long talking about, you know, well, what is a supplement and should he have been taking it and what should, should he have gotten it checked? Because that's been talked about at nauseum by this point. This happened, you know, five or six days ago and, and everything that could be said basically has been said on that front. I do want to spend some time, though, talking about what's the contingency plan because for four games, the Titans are going to be without arguably their best offensive player. Before we get into that, though, just what was your initial reaction upon hearing this story? Because as I kind of figured out more about it, there were several members of the Titans media who had inklings of this being on the verge of happening. Adam Schefter was sitting on this story. Uh, and but there weren't quite enough facts to piece it together because of this B sample that had to be tested. But then ultimately, once it came out, it, what was your reaction? I just my reaction is one that regardless of if he's cheating or not, it was still a stupid, stupid, boneheaded thing to have happened to Taylor Lewan. And number two, it's just a crushing blow for a team that needs every break they can get on offense. Initially, I was. I, I don't even know that I was surprised. Uh, I was just kind of upset a little bit just because you you don't want to go into a season with already uh, one of your star players, one of your best players down for four games. That's just not the right way to start anything. And especially when it's it's for a suspension, it just kind of it kind of taints the the not not the organization, but it, it taints the the profile of the player, the the character the character of the player so i hated that but uh, i mean i'm not i'm not that mad i I know he's a pro bowler and he's the highest paid paid tackle but dennis kelly has been last year he was one of the best tackles period in the nfl whenever he was filling in for conklin or whoever was injured so i'm not too upset about it i i know luan is great Uh, he's he's been way more consistent ever since his rookie season and he and he's been fantastic but Dennis Kelly has shown time and time again that he can be the guy whether it's a left tackle or right tackle or even inside a guard he's always shown up especially last season he was very good he was probably one of our best offensive linemen so honestly I'm I'm fine with it I just I hate that it had to happen but it, it is what it is so I okay. The process in itself of drug testing in the NFL needs to be fixed. Uh, it, it's not something I think we've ever talked about before because we haven't had to, hadn't had to deal with it. So um, we've we've all heard how it happens, how you can get tainted batches and all this kind of stuff. But the thing that uh, Lawan got busted for, I believe, is to help prevent. Uh, bone degeneration and uh, muscle tissue tear, something like that. It's basically, and he said it himself, is to prevent osteoporosis. It's basically to make sure your bones stay strong and, you know, don't break down. Are we sure that that should be banned? Uh, I, I mean, 
I, I, don't, I don't I don't want to get too far into this, but my my first reaction was okay. If we're talking about gut reactions, was okay. This is horrifying news because you never want to lose your best player. It, it's it's worse because it's Taylor One who's he is the and I've said this before. Taylor One is the heartbeat of the offense, just like Kevin Byard is the heartbeat of the defense. They're they're both the emotional leaders and probably the best players on each side of the ball, depending on whether you want to talk about Jarrell Casey and Delaney Walker. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously devastating. Um, my second my second reaction was just uh, I don't know I, I don't want to say like disgust, but there there's people who I guess don't understand what you have to do to be a professional athlete, like taking supplements and stuff like that is not, it's not optional. Like Kevin Byard says he only eats whole food and ever he does whatever like spray his, his exercise guru tells him to. Okay. I, I, I believe you cause you're Kevin Byard. If any other safety in the league said that I would not believe them. Uh, I think that, if you went to the kitchens of 99.9% all of the athletes except for Kevin Byard in the NFL, you would find a bunch of junk food and a bunch of supplements. Because, it, And if you, you listen to guys who retire after their careers, they say the same thing. You know, They say you have to like force feed yourself to get the macronutrients you need to to stay you know, as muscular as you are at you know, whatever. So – my, my second reaction was just discussed with people who were like, just don't take supplements because that's not the answer. It's like, yeah, just don't drink water. It's, it's a, a foolish kind of take that, that I don't like that. That was my second reaction because he came out, you know, he had the video where, you know, he told everybody he cried, he got emotional and everybody's reaction was one of two things, which was sympathy for a guy who they believed or damnation for a guy who, I guess condemnation, for a guy who they were like, well, he's cheating. Like, you don't need supplements to be that good when I don't think that's the right case. So ultimately, like, it's heartbreaking for the Titans because if you lose your first two games, you have, like, something like a 95% chance of missing the playoff based on historical models, and that was my first reaction. But eventually we're going to have to talk about all these overreactions by beat writers. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because as we get into discussing – what the contingency plan might be. I don't think it's all that difficult. Like I was listening to the radio some after this happened and I was hearing discussion about like, well, this throws everything off. And now Nate Davis is going to be have to thrown in and pump Beal's going to, and sapfold them. And isn't the solution to just play Dennis Kelly at left tackle. And then you move on and you have Conklin at right tackle. Still have sapfold at left guard, Ben Jones at center and pump Beal at right guard. Like this is that? Am I oversimplifying this? No, that's that's correct. I mean, the the offense should be like the next step is easy. It, I don't I don't know why people are talking about. I've heard this a lot too about moving Saffold out to left tackle like that, which like, is just absurd. Can we? Which is stop ridiculous. That? It's like yeah. Why don't who we who, who had that take? Tackle? Like that—that that should have been something I brought up, but uh, I, th- I heard it. It was an—it was audio where I heard it, so I don't know where I would have heard I've, it. From. I've heard but that somebody, too. Yeah, like it's—it's it's asinine. Like I don't. I, oh, I know who I heard it from. Uh, it was Baldinger. 
he said it in his oh uh, one minute clip breaking down on like the impact of losing Taylor one is he said that they will have to try to uh, that he said, I don't quote me on this, but my recollection is he said that Kevin Pamphil and Nate Davis would be the guards and that Saffold might swing out to tackle, which is utter nonsense. He hasn't uh, played tackle in like yeah, five years. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Kevin Pamphil played tackle for the Titans last year. Like, I mean, it, it, it you can find tape on that. So for, forget that. Cause that's all nonsense. But, um, in in-house, the next option is is very clear. It's Kelly, Saffold, uh, Jones, uh, Pamphile, and Conklin. Now, there, there's there's other things you can do, and we can talk about them um, in a second. But I just had to jump in to say, like, because usually I let Matias go because he's smarter, and it gives me a second to calm down. Um, but <laughs> I like. That, that that option to me is simple. Like I, I don't understand why people are overcomplicating it. To be honest, I did try to talk before you, you did, but I had my mic on mute, so <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize until 10 seconds after. But anyway, the other option, I guess, if they're not totally sold on Kelly, um, you could theoretically maybe move Panfield to right tackle, move Conklin to left tackle, and then put Nate Davis in at right guard. But I feel like that would just throw so many things off. And it's really not going to happen. Dennis Kelly's just going to slide right in. And especially since Conklin hasn't played left tackle uh, it, so far in his NFL career, I don't even think he – has he taken a single snap there in the NFL? I don't think so. No. So – and especially considering that he wasn't all that great last year, I think you need you need to let him just settle in at right tackle with a full offseason – uh, to, to get that to get that knee healthy and get his confidence back. So this really shouldn't be complicated. It will only get complicated if someone else gets injured. But for now, it's Kelly at left tackle, and then the rest. Uh, what we'll see, we'll see what happens at right guard. It's between Pamphil and Davis, I assume. So we'll see. Um, but before we move on, the other option is to bring in Donald Penn, which is is something that. I haven't seen a lot about. He's kind of gone under the radar. It's somebody that Taylor Lewan. I'm not sure if they have a relationship or he just is a big fan of him because I've heard him talk about it before. But I mean, they're they're very similar in their demeanor. Now, Penn's got about 75 pounds on Lewan. I mean, he's significantly bigger, um, but it would give the Titans another possible tackle who's started forever you don't have to worry about any kind of longevity or anything like that you know it, you you can you can pay him a whole bunch give him a whole bunch of guarantees and to entice him to come and then you can start him for four games and sit him and let him you know be a left tackle only backup or you know you can cut him or what, whatever you want to do after that but i mean he is the only starting caliber offensive tackle on the market and i'm not sure why he's he's probably waiting for a job that he wants rather than not getting interest. But if the Titans wanted to make it really simple and not change anything at all, they could bring him in, put him at left tackle, and let him just take a large amount of snaps of the preseason. Because like I said, you know, you don't really have to worry about his durability long term. He can take an extra 10 or 15 snaps in the preseason and get adjusted to this offense, you know, while the rest of your first team offensive line sits for a little bit. Uh, that that's that's the plan B to me if Kelly doesn't work before you start moving Pamphil over or whatever. Look, here's what I'll say. 
this is only complicated. That's bad, regardless of what happens. Not having a Pro Bowl player, bad. It's only complicated if the Titans decide to make it complicated. Because with Lawan not being there, your primary left tackle who has started every game there, barring injury for the last five seasons or four seasons, the you're right, you're gonna have to put someone new in there. That new person being Dennis Kelly. The only way it gets complicated is if you try to change more than you need to. Because you've already got the change at left tackle. That's going to happen, regardless of who's there. But if you try to change more by moving Saffold over to a position that's not his primary position, or or moving Pompeo to tackle when he's been practicing at guard all summer. Like, okay, Titans, just make it less complicated on yourself. Do the obvious thing and limit the change that has to take place. Yeah, and I don't think they will complicate things because I, I remember last season Klein was playing really badly and Conklin was playing pretty badly. And, and then we, we had to move Dennis Kelly to the bench and we were wondering if maybe they would move Conklin to right guard and then put Dennis Kelly at right tackle. And I think they kind of just wanted the continuity, continuity of the offensive line and they didn't want so too many things getting mixed up. So I think their reluctance to change last season – uh, at right guard and right tackle, it kind of it, it kind of foreshadows what's going to happen this season, and they won't for, for the first four games, and they won't really overcomplicate things. Yeah, I mean, if the big the big reason to sign Arthur Smith, or I guess promote Arthur Smith to offensive coordinator is offensive continuity. How much does that hurt if you decide to switch three offensive linemen's positions when you could just bring one in or move one guy over, like? And especially when it's for four games, and then you have to go straight back to the original plan. Yeah, it's like, good luck. I hope you remember everything we practiced in OTAs, because now you've got to shift back yeah. to where you're in June. And, and I'm not expecting to, you know, throughout training camp, see a lot of, you know, pr- practicing for the non-Lawan scenario. Because, again, you just want it to be as normal as possible, and doing things like that just increase the amount of change you have to deal with. Um. Mm-hmm. But, but let's move into our next topic of discussion, our last topic of discussion for the day, and that is ranking Mar- Marcus Mariota versus the other quarterbacks in the NFL. This is an exercise we tried yes. with our last our last show, the Titan Size Podcast, but I think it's an appropriate time to do it because there's obviously so much riding on Mariota, and I'm sure we'll talk about him much more as, as the training camp season progresses. Uh, but I think this is a good exercise to do for him because I think it's going to show us, because we haven't done this, we're doing this live, maybe just how valuable or unvaluable he really is when it comes to uh, to getting a contract. So, so here's how this is going to work. We're going to do it basically the same way we did before. Um, I have a list in front of me of the, the primary quarterback for all 31 NFL teams that aren't the Titans. And we're going to go team by team, and the three of us are going to vote on whether we think that quarterback is better than Mariota or worse than Mariota. There's no pushes. It's either better or worse. And with three people, there's going to be no ties. And then we're going to have a total of how many of these 32 quarterbacks are better than Mariota and how many of them are worse than Mariota. So I I will keep a list running. I have a legal pad out in front of my microphone. So I will keep a list running. Are you guys ready to get started? Yes. No, I have a question. Okay, Okay. so (laughs) is this this Marcus Mariota on the – okay, Right this now. is not is a who are you starting a franchise with. This is right now who's better. Okay, this is today with everybody healthy on an offense with best possible weapons, or is it like on the t- 
It's just, just a quarterback to win you a game. Who's the better quarterback? You know, That's the question. It has nothing to okay, do with okay. a pl- an offense. It's who's okay. the better quarterback? Okay. Let's, we'll start with the rest of the AFC South. We'll start with three guys that the three of us are very familiar with. Uh, Andrew Luck from the Indianapolis Colts will be our first one. My vote is that Luck is clearly better than Mariota. Luck is better than Mariota. Nah, push. No, I'm, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting Luck. Uh, okay, next option, Nick Foles of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh if we had the push option, I think I might choose the push option. But since we don't, I'm going to lean toward Mariota. Good God. I, that feels like a hot take to me. It's it's Mariota. Yeah, it's, it's Mariota. Like, take away Foles from the Eagles and you have one of the worst players or starting quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, it's Mariota. This one I think might get some discussion between the three of us just because if you're new to, to the three of us and listening for the first time, we have a deep history with this guy that's, that's about mm-hmm. to get named. Uh, from the University of Clemson Heisman Trophy winner, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. You said there's no push option? No push option. Better or worse. I'm going to go better with Watson. I like I like Watson more than Mario. God, no. It's not by much. Like no, I, I I will go on record. I don't think Deshaun Watson is as good as people make him out I to just, be. He looks awkward when he throws the ball. As Will likes to say, he's the king of the Yolo bomb and Hopkins and and Fuller bail him out. But he's just produced at such a high level and has mm-hmm. been a back to back division champion. Neither of which Mariota has done. Yep. And I feel like he could do more things for your offense than Mariota can. All right, so it's Mariota is the right answer, but uh, like, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how far we've come from the last time we've seen uh, Watson in person. Because the last time we all actually watched a full, I, I mean, I, I, I guess we watched the the last Houston Texans game, but when we watched him lose. To- to a Blaine Gabbert team because he kept running away from pressure and because he kept running directly into sacks. He was so bad only, in that game. The only he was really reason bad. he got any points was because Malcolm Butler stopped covering on Hopkins, yeah, uh, on, on an Hopkins right before, and then Fuller caught a pass that he he had no business catching. It was just he outran the guy and then he mm-hmm. caught a ball that I believe the ball was out of bounds when he caught it. He just kept his feet in. If yeah. it wasn't out of bounds, it was very close. It, look. Watson was extremely lucky to land with a franchise that had, you know, at the time a JJ, a healthy JJ Watt, Jadevian Clowney being coached by Mike Vrabel, turn, turning him into an actual NFL player. They had Nuke Hopkins and they had Will Fuller. Like you yeah, say, had like they still have all four of those guys? Well, <laughs> Will, Will Fuller it will probably be out another half a season next year. <laughs> That's but very yeah, true. And and also like Clowney may not be there. He's decided that he doesn't really want to play for the Texans anymore. He's just quieter about it than Jalen Ramsey. And let's, let's go. Okay. Let's just keep the going. Right there, well, we we right can talk there. more about Watson during Texans week. We will yes, certainly do yeah. that. It's, it's it's Mariota for me. We get we get two opportunities to do that. Um, okay, we're moving into the AFC North now. Cincinnati Bengals, Andy Dalton. I think Mariota's the answer here. Mariota. Mariota. Okay, next up, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, God. You know, the the holdup for me on this is, um, you know, two or three years ago, I would have very easily said Big Ben. And I think I'm still going to say Big Ben, but it's not as big a difference because Ben was not very good last year. 
but neither was Mariota. As you guys know, there's a sore subject for me. I hate Big Ben for a variety of reasons, and I thought he was absolutely horrible last season. And he was. Probably wow. the season before that. So I think I might have to go Mariota. Will, you're the yeah. deciding vote. Uh, yeah, Mariota. Did y'all see that? God, I hate I hate always bringing up other stuff. Did y'all see that uh, stat that said that Corey Davis would have been a fifteen hundred yard receiver in the Steelers' offense last year? Oh yeah. Um, based on volume and targets. So the only reason I bring that up is because Big Ben. If you ever tried to bring this up on the timeline, people would scream about how many yards Big Ben has. He threw six hundred passes last year. Yeah. Like yeah, like it's a volume. You're, you're six six seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, it's like those people that used to say, well, Jarvis Landry's good because he has 100 catches yeah, for it, 900 people, yards. Like People confuse volume and stats for talent. And if you're talking about, I want a guy who's going to win me a game tomorrow, with, and you give Roethlisberger and Mariota equal talent, I think Mariota wins more often than Roethlisberger. Browns, Baker Mayfield. I'm going to go Mariota just because he's proven. I don't, I, I, I'm still not sold on, on Baker. He was good last. Um, oh, this is tough. I think I'd rather have Baker. I'd rather have Mayfield. Uh, for for one game, Mariota. Mm. And, and let me let me defend this again. Uh, just while we're talking about it, the Browns last year were one and five against playoff teams. The Titans were four and zero. Oh. So uh, outs outside of the division. No, I give me. That. You know what? No, give me Mariota. No. Yeah, it's just against good talent in a vacuum. Mariota was better last year, so Mayfield just, threw a lot of interceptions. Also, I don't. Yeah, he's now Mayfield's fun as hell. I, I love watching Mayfield, but yeah. he's like Brett Favre. Like I wouldn't necessarily say that they're the best quarterback or that they're a great quarterback or anything, but they are fun to watch. Like yeah. Fitzpatrick too. Great. Okay, next. So Mayfield goes on worse than Mariota. Barely. Yes. But barely. Yes. Okay, next up, last of the NFC North is uh, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, another Heisman Trophy winner. I'm going to go that Mariota's better than him, pretty clearly. Mariota. I, I think people are going to think that we're Mariota fanboys, but... Oh, uh, we, we're only and through I, two divisions. I, I, am. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Okay, yeah. let's get to the AFC West. Uh, Denver Broncos' Joe Flacco. At this point in his <laughs> career, it's Mariota. Yes, Mario. God, yeah, yeah. I hate Flacco. I'm his number okay. one. Okay. Uh, Sandy, excuse me. Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Rivers. 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 Yeah, Rivers. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs reigning NFL MVP Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Mariota for sure. Just <laughs> kidding, Mahomes. <laughs> Now, oh, this, yeah, is, th- this one, when I was making the list out in preparation for the show of all these quarterbacks, I thought to myself, this is the toughest one. Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders. And I know what Will's answer is going to be. We don't even have to ask Will. Will's picking Mariota, right? For sure. Easy. Just you're, you're both one. picking Mariota over Derek Carr. Derek the Carr dude stinks. who was crying on the ground last year. like, <laughs> Oh, my God. That- yeah, I'm picking that guy. Well, you made it easy for me, so I didn't have to put a vote on the record. Um, okay, New England Patriots as we move into the AFC East. Tom Brady. 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 Yeah, Brady. Um, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. 
There's a lot of bad quarterbacks. In I the just league. started <laughs> laughing. Right. Uh, Mariota's better than Allen. Yes. Yeah, okay, for sure. Um, New York Jets, Sam Darnold. This is kind of tough for me. There's, there's no way. Let me let me make a decision. There's no way you think Sam Darnold is better than Baker Mayfield. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Mariota. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. This for right now. I'm thinking like towards the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, there probably. may be a day, 15 uh-huh. years down the road, when the other than the New York Jets have him, that he turns out to have a playoff year. But yeah. other than that, yeah. You're right. Right and now. And our, yeah. our our last quarterback from the AFC. Josh Rosen of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, you mean Fitzpatrick? Yes. Yeah, are we sure? Okay, which <laughs> one? Pick your poison. I think it's Mariota either way. Yeah. Leave it back. Okay. All right, now into the NFC, starting with the NFC North. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. That's Rodgers, yes. pretty clearly. Even though yeah. Rodgers was not good last year. Uh, Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford. I'm going Stafford. Oh, God, no. Mariota. Really? Yeah, Mariota. Really? Yeah, Stafford is... I think like, Stafford's the most overrated quarterback in the league. Yeah. I agree, sure. but Mariota's yeah. not that good. Well, I mean, oh, if, you, if you have to win a game, I would I would take Mariota. If you have to win a fantasy football game, I would take Stafford. I think Stafford loses you more games than he wins you, and Mariota doesn't do that. Yeah, based on history. Okay. All right, well, uh, Bears, Mitch Trubisky, a.k.a. Jake Locker 2.0. This is going in the worst column for me. There are so many bad quarterbacks. Yeah, I I was going to say, like, we're about to get to a point where we just pick everybody over Mariota in a second because we're loading up on bad quarterbacks. Yeah. It does get better toward the end. A little bit. Not really that much. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. This is another one that I think is interesting. This is kind of, yeah. Oh, my God. Now, what I was thinking about with this is, well, Moriota has started and and won a playoff game. But then I'm thinking to myself, okay, does that make Trent Dilfer better than uh, Dan Marino because he started and won a Super Bowl when Dan Marino didn't? Does that make him better than Jim Kelly because Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl? So it's like, that's not really a great comparison. Super Bowl is a different bar than playoffs. Like, 12 teams make But Stafford has been in the playoffs like four or five times. He's just never won. Mariota's won right. one in the playoffs. Right, but there's there's 12 teams that make the playoffs every single year. You know? It's it's like that's not the same bar as being the best in the NFL. I think this is the toughest one for me, man. Because yeah. Cousins, legit, some games I he looks like a top five quarterback, and then some games he looks like Sam Darnold in, in week one. So... I don't know, but I I think I think I'd have to go Cousins. I yeah, so. I go Cousins too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for not making me vote. <laughs> you should have to vote and go on the record. You shouldn't <laughs> be able to oh. just wait. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of honestly I toward, sort of lean toward Mariota with that one, although I hated to admit it. Yeah. Um, well, it's the, it's the whole like the quarterback wins thing. Okay, I've got I've got three yeah. easy ones for you: Drew Brees, Saints, better. Right? Yeah. Breeze. Yeah. Yep. Matt Ryan, Falcons, better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're you're about, you're about to go to Cam Newton and I am about to go to you're Cam gonna Newton, have to slow down. And that's that's an easy one. Cam Newton is better than Marcus Mariota, and you will not convince me otherwise. In two thousand nineteen? Yes. 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 He is. 
Okay. I'm glad I didn't have to vote. <laughs> well, he won an NFL Cam MVP. Used- he almost got his team to the playoffs last year. They just, I don't think, were ultimately talented enough to get there. But he does so many good things. He's so versatile. The only thing Speed. I'll say is he couldn't throw the ball last year, but I'm assuming he's fully healthy in this situation. So Yeah. Yeah, like he, he he had to throw like sidearm overhand in like a really weird way that made it hard for his receivers to catch. Look, I I like Cam Newton because I think he's really fun to watch. Like I think like when he's healthy, like it's fun to watch like a big slightly more accurate like Tim Tebow play. But like I, I don't think that he I think people overrate one season of his more than they should. But yeah, like okay, like y'all y'all voted Cam. I can understand that. This one should be easy, but for a different reason. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to. He's the... lucky that Fitzpatrick getting there to take his job. <laughs> moving on to the NFC West, uh, Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Russ. Yes. Yeah. Russell Wilson's dope. He might Here... be. The, he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Here's so one. Good, uh, San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. I'm going to go with Mariota here just because I've never seen Mar- I've never seen Garoppolo. You don't have to. Hold your show the ball to the other team and you'll know it's him. <laughs> He's so bad. I don't get okay. it, man. What's your vote, Garoppolo's Will? bad? Like, that's like, you, re- you really don't like Garoppolo at all? I don't think – I think he's never been good in his entire career. Except for that, that like, three-game stretch before he got injured – when uh, Brady was yeah. suspended, and then Kobe Brissett came in, and he was just as good. So I don't know. So you, so you what? think Garoppolo for the 49ers has never been good? He's no. never played. Every time, it, it, remember that stretch where they won like six straight games to end the season? Yeah, uh-huh. that's a pretty good stretch. He threw a pick in every single game, and multiple in a couple of games. I don't like okay. him, man. Will, Will what's like your him. vote? Is is Garoppolo better than Mariota? <sighs> Not not tomorrow, but I think it's okay. a lot closer. I think Garoppolo and Mariota are a lot closer than like. I'll I'll say this: I think Garoppolo and Cam are a lot closer than y'all are giving them credit for, just in terms of quarterbacks who could win a game tomorrow. But we we can move. We can put that Garoppolo Garoppolo's in a battle for his job with Nick Mullins, if you ask me. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. Mariota. I don't know yeah. what Kyler right now. Mariota. Okay, and here is the final one from the NFC West. Jared Goff. I think this one is easy. I'm not voting. I do too. I vote Goff. Oh, then I I, I vote Mariota. I vote Mariota. Yeah. It's, really? It's, it's, you, you tell Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, because they ran the have... ball all postseason because they didn't want to throw it. Didn't we just have an argument about how getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl or whatever is not the quality <laughs> okay. of the quarterback? We, well, we did. So Empty stats. That is exhibit A, man, because yeah. he was terrible down the stretch. And I have no idea how they made the Super No, yeah, I do. They got a bogus uh, pass interference call that didn't get called okay. against the Saints, and they shouldn't have even been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they have a defensive tackle who had 20 sacks last year. Like – Aaron Donald is the best player in football in a vacuum, and they have the best offensive coach. I, I mean, he's it's 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 crazy. Like it's crazy to me that people think Jared Goff is an above average quarterback. He actively lost them. Any game they lost last year was because of him. Did you watch? Do you guys remember the Bears Rams game? 
with Trubisky and Goff just yeah. throwing yeah. the ball to the other team the entire yeah, just game. not being fun, which, like, which sucked. Like, do you remember the Kansas City game? Uh, this is just a different topic. Uh, the Kansas City uh, Yeah, wherever uh, it's open. Where, like, people are like, oh, it's a classic quarterback duel. But then you go back and watch it and, like uh, – the 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 Chiefs defense I think had like two uh, defensive touchdowns and like it, the only reason the Rams scored as much is because I think they had two defensive touchdowns too so it's like it, it's it's either either way I know golf came out worse because I, I just rewatched it the other day and it's like golf directly leads to fourteen points by the Kansas City Chiefs and he only gets bailed out because he has like a defensive tackle like run back a touchdown and get an interception or something crazy. So you expect to turn on that fifty something, fifty something game and see two great quarterbacks. And Mahomes looks really good for stretches, but like golf just is like hitting wide open guys who catch and run and then he's also like throwing pick sixes or like fumbling the ball into the end zone. You guys want to hear stats from? Actually, no. You know what? No, no. Just move on. Let's fly through the let's fly through the NFC East real fast. Dak Prescott, I'm saying, is better than Marcus Mariota. I like I like Dak better. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think I feel like he wins you games when you. He does. He's a winner, and and that's an underrated quality. He finds a way to get it done. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe the best one. Y'all, y'all are like. Y'all are y'all are screw y'all are y'all are messing with me, right? Like y'all are not <laughs> no. saying that. Dak is better than Mariota. Yeah, Dak like you're saying that Dak's defining quality is that he's like a game winner when Mariota like leads the NFL and like game like game winning drives and come from behind victories over his that's Yeah, because he like, threw too many interceptions in the first three quarters to get himself there. What are you talking about with Dak? It's like if you're like if he really needs to win you a game, he wins you a game. It's like I'm not talking about comeback drive. I'm talking about like the game itself. Also, you know what really helps is when you have the best runner of your generation and you walk into an (laughs) offensive line with three future Hall of Famers. Like it's it's like I I agree. You you make valid points. I still think he's better. Um, uh, That's that's fair, but like. it just don't use like game like he's a game winner because that is like the one thing that Mariota definitely is. But yeah, All right, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and slide Eli Manning into the worst than Mariota category. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. I think I'm gonna do the same with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, he's got to be because we don't know who he is. And, like, and was... Carson Wentz, I think we'll put in the better, right? Yeah. yeah okay, so that gives us one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. eleven, twelve, thirteen quarterbacks who are better than Mariota. And since there are thirty-two in the NFL and Mariota was not on this list, that means that we believe that 18, 19, 19 or eighteen quarterbacks, yeah, eighteen quarterbacks in the NFL are not as good as Marcus Mariota. That's that surprise either right. of you? No. That's exactly where he is right now. Yeah. That's like and, and everybody's like, oh, if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you need to replace him. Like, look at the other 18 teams in the NFL. Like, and, and, the, and I think it's interesting, too, that there were some of the ones in really both of these lists that we kind of disputed on one way or the other. I mean, even if you add a couple of the ones that we were on the fence about, he's still middle of the pack, which is exactly where pretty much everyone thinks he is. I don't think anyone thinks that he's like a bottom five guy. Yeah. No, right. like people, people legitimately like write articles about how the Titans are like gonna dr- like 
pick top five because Mariota's proven that he's not the guy. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. Like, I don't either. And, yeah, and I like, tend to fall against Mariota on, on th- that spectrum. But, okay. So, I think that was a fun exercise. And we're going to close out our episode now with what I think will become our sort of trademark segment to close our show. As you know, we're, we're no-nonsense a Tennessee Titans podcast. We hate hot takes. We hate stupidity in sports media. And so to close out every episode, we're going to have a short segment called Stop the Nonsense. And what we're going to do in this segment is the three of us are going to share the absolute worst Titans take we have seen or heard since our last episode. Some weeks this might be easier than others. If you find one that you want us to talk about, go ahead and send it to us on Twitter at NoNonsensePod. Use the hashtag StopTheNonsense. I'm going to go ahead and read mine because it is just absolutely perfect for uh, for this situation. Conversation on Twitter between three guys, one named Diddy Simpson, one named Brian Wilson, and one whose name is simply BN3. First one asks, how many kicks does do suck up got to miss this year before the Titans move on from him? Uh, the response, and this is from the other day. If, if Mason Crosby gets cut from the Packers, we could pick him up or we could bring Rob Baronis out of retirement. Now, Rob Baronis passed away three years ago, so, but one, one person dissenting does not make it insane. But third guy jumps into the conversation and says, man, I would love for Baronis to come back. I bet he could still bang a 60 yard or even as old as he is. That is my submission for stop the nonsense. I find it so shocking that that person was serious. Oh, and he's dead serious. There was no joking going on there at all. Oh, I know. I know. That's what concerns me and makes me sad. Matias, so, you're up. My, yeah, for my submission, uh, I'm sure Titans fans have seen this one already. It's our beloved former Titan, Bernard Pollard, who only seems to ever talk bad about the Titans. I've never heard him say a, a positive word ever well, since Because they he, were kind of a like disaster when he was there to be fair he was terrible he was not good at all and then he tore his achilles and then he asked for his release and then we never heard from him again until these little videos that he does whenever he wants to talk about something so after the luan news happened uh he put out a video and he was like you got an 80 80 million dollar contract and got popped afterwards don't cheat don't cheat this freaking game and then come back with oh i didn't know i took a polygraph test i didn't know i can care less about a polygraph test you mean to tell me you are a multi-million dollar athlete and you don't know what the freak you're putting in your system so that's absolutely ridiculous players get caught all the time because all these companies keep changing all of the ingredients in their supplements and whatever you're taking so that really pissed me off and it pissed me off more because pollard just he never says something Nice about the Titans, and I don't remember the last thing he did, but it was, I think it was during last season or the, the season before that he says something that also got Titans fans riled up, and uh, I, I think it's about time that he just stops commenting on the Titans as a whole and maybe stick to the Ravens. Will, bring us home. Uh, okay, so uh, Pro Football Talk had a tweet this morning about how Kevin Byard was wrong to sign a deal that made him the highest paid safety in the NFL. Uh, says another player commits for six years at a time when in the next year or two, the salary cap could significantly change. Yeah, TV revenues could go up dramatically. Oh, gosh. Gambling money could mushroom. Stupid. Okay. 
So what's he gonna do? Sign one year deals until the gambling stuff? Yeah. So let's he thinks there's the it. NBA. Yeah. Th- this. So the reason why this is a terrible take, and is it is terrible. If if God forbid anything happens to Kevin Byard, or if he doesn't play like an All Pro for a year, suddenly the leverage he had isn't quite as large. So. You're saying that a guy who's on a third year or a third round pick salary, which is about a million dollars a year, should pass up thirty one million in guarantees and seventy in total money because in a couple of years the salary cap might go up. It as if a player has look, never renegotiated a deal look, before. Look, we're gonna have to get used to Florio talking out of his rear end. Because yeah. that's about all that he does. <laughs> yeah. This this was almost named like Florio's takes, but I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. Like to say, it. First of all, unless you're a quarterback, the money can grow, but it's not going to grow exponentially. Yeah. Like it's it's not like you're going to turn a fourteen million dollar a, de- a year deal into a yeah. 50 I think million Eric Berry made thirteen million like two years ago. Like this is not an exponential jump. Yeah, and and also. What if you do that in the value position like safety? I, I don't I don't understand that take. Yeah. Like the market could easily get flooded or you could have for whatever reason a lull in the market like you did last year where the Titans got Kenny Vaccaro for like a million dollars and and he's a borderline Pro Bowl, at the very least a very good starter. It, you know what's to say that won't happen again? Like Kevin Byer just saw a, a bunch of good safeties get paid nothing, and he just got offered a seventy million dollar deal. And you're saying, "No, nah, wait it out. You might get a few million more." Like, absolutely not. That's an insane take. So yeah, that that's that's mine. Well, that's going to do it for our very first episode of No Nonsense. We want to thank you guys for listening, and we also want to give you a heads up of what's coming for the rest of the week. Because for our first week of episodes, we're going to have three episodes instead of just one this week. So you have today's episode, which came out on Tuesday. Tomorrow on Wednesday, the three of us are going to be chatting with Teresa Walker from the Associated Press. We're going to recap some training camp storylines with her, talk about Marcus Mariota some more, and all kinds of other things with the Titans. Then on Thursday, I will talk to Titans guard Roger Saffold and Titans wide receiver Adam Humphrey. So we've got two one-on-one interviews with those two guys, the Titans' new free agent acquisitions, coming to you on Thursday, and we'll also have some even more training camp discussion coming up. So three episodes for our first week. Stay tuned to us on Twitter and Facebook, at No Nonsense Pod. And we want to thank you again for listening. For Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas, I'm Luke Worsham, telling you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.